This is episode 192 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are, Will You Line Up for This Year's Lethal Injection? 25 Safe Natural Alternatives to the Flu Shot, Canvas Tents, How to Find the Best One for You, and Conflicted, Saving Your Neighbors, What Would You Do? Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, as we get started, I'd like to welcome you to episode 192. Uh, those of you experienced preppers and those of you who have been with me for a while, and those of you who are new, maybe you just found the podcast, uh, again, I'd like to welcome you. Hey, I want to uh, invite you or remind you that uh, next Tuesday, that'll be November 21st, so uh, two days before Thanksgiving. Uh, so November 21st, uh, Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Time, I'm going to be doing a Facebook Live on my favorite EDC kit. And so I'm uh, just going to connect with the community out there. I'm not going to do it in the Facebook group. I'm going to do it on the Facebook page, uh, the Prepper website Facebook page. And the reason for that is I don't want people to request to join just for the Facebook uh, Live. Uh, for the, so the group, I kind of want to just, you know, if, if you want to be a part of the group, if you want to be part of uh, collaborating and uh, sharing information and just, uh, you know, a place where, um, I hate to say a safe place because I just, you know, you hear about that. I don't want to say that, but it's a place where you feel like you can come and ask questions and you're not going to be, uh, you know, uh, ripped, ripped on for that. And I've seen that too many times in other groups. And so I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to allow that. So, uh, I don't want to do the Facebook Live there because then people will come and want to join just for the Facebook Live. I want people to join the Facebook group because they want to be in the Facebook group. So I want to do it over on the Facebook page. And uh, if you are a part of the email list, I will send you out a reminder. If you're not uh, on the email list, then come over to the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com and, and uh, you can sign up there. And when you do, I'll give you a free PDF. Uh, nine of my preparedness friends, gurus out there, I asked them to send me their top seven items, uh, you know, for, uh, of their kit, of their favorite kit. And so they did. I compiled that all in one PDF. And then I said, so, you know, give me your, your top seven and then give me your top one. Like, what is the, the top, uh, you know, item for your kit that you, uh, that you must have? And so I put that together in a PDF. So when you come and join the, the, the email list, you get that sent out to you. And so it's definitely just a, a little thank you for joining the, the email list. But uh, I'll send out an email reminder there, and uh, I'll talk about it uh, the next couple of days just to kind of remind you there as well. And uh, maybe, you know, we can have a little bit of a conversation there while we do Facebook Live. Uh, you know, you can ask questions, and uh, I'll do my best to try to answer those. All right, so uh, that's it. Remember, again, next Tuesday, uh, that is Tuesday, November 21st, two days before Thanksgiving. Uh, at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time. We'll be doing that. All right, uh, great articles today. The first article comes to us from askaprepper.com. Uh, again, askaprepper.com. And uh, what I think is, his, is cool is that uh, Daisy, this is Daisy Luther's article, and so I guess she wrote it for askaprepper.com and, uh, and dropped it over there. So um, let's go ahead and read this one because I know flu season is, is starting to ramp up. It was something that I always was uh, very, very aware of when I was on the campus 
because we had kids all the time. Let me tell you, man, there were parents who would send their kids who woke up with a fever, but because they needed to go to work, they would give them some, you know, some Tylenol or Advil and, uh, you know, let them feel a little bit better and send them off to school, infect everyone. And then, uh, you know, when that medicine wore off, of course, their fever shot back up again. And uh, that happened more than, than you can possibly imagine. So uh, when it got around to flu season, I started popping my vitamins a little bit more. I started being very, very careful about what I was touching and uh, washing my hands. I mean, my hands would get pretty dry. Um, it's, it's, you remember that old Palmolive commercial where, uh, you know, they talked about your hands not drying out and stuff. And my hands would dry out. And uh, I just didn't feel so manly enough to put lotion on. But uh, it, they would dry out. You could feel it. It was very scaly and stuff just because I would wash my hands so much. Uh, because, you know, I saw kids dropping left and right there. And I know some people, some of you will be like, that's one reason not to send your kid to public school. And so I can't, I can't, uh, I can't deny that, man. That, that's something that happens out there. That's one reason why I, uh, I don't try to, I don't shake people's hands as often. I try to do more of a fist bump, uh, especially at this time of the year, just to kind of keep yourself safe. But let's go ahead and get into this one, uh, and I think this is a good one, and you need to really think this one through and see where you're going to wind up on this side of the fence, all right? Uh, I don't always subscribe to everything that I post on Prepper website. Um, you know, I try to sometimes post even opposing views. There have been, there have been evenings where we have posted uh, on Prepper website, and I have given two sides of an argument. And so I really want you to be able to think this through and come up with uh, where you're at. And uh, Ask a Prepper, I mean, they have a pretty big community over there, and there's a lot of comments here. And so uh, you definitely would want to come to this one and check out the comments because there's a lot of... I was just reading it, and I was like, man, I can just read the comments off and, and take the whole podcast doing that. But I'm not going to do that to you. Uh, I think you should go over there and just kind of check it out. Anyway, so let's go ahead. Uh, without further ado, let's start reading this one. Again, will you line up for this year's lethal injection, 25 safe natural alternatives to the flu? Quote, want $10 off your bill at the grocery store? Stop by our pharmacy and let us jab a needle full of toxins into the arm. Want to avoid killing off your newborn, your elderly neighbor, and some random unvaccinated cancer patient? Do your part by getting stabbed. Want to circumvent potential death by influenza? Just get your flu shot at any of our convenient walk-in locations. Want to keep your job? Get your mandatory flu shot or you're fired. But don't worry, it's free. End quote. It's that time of year again. The propaganda machine is in high gear, churning out the fear in order to get everyone lined up for their annual flu shot. Widely trusted websites like the CDC and the Mayo Clinic are all trumpeting the necessity of this year's vaccination and proclaiming it to be the best way to stay healthy. The CDC, or Centers for Disease Control, held a press conference in conjunction with the National Foundation for Infectious Diseases to kick off their year's vaccine push. Quote, our message today is simple, Dr. Howard Coe, Assistant Secretary for Health at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Everyone six months of age and older should receive a flu vaccine. The good news, according to the government health agency, is that more kids and healthcare workers got vaccinated during last year's flu season compared to previous years. That's key because children and people with pre-existing health conditions are at high risk for more serious cases of flu. But those positive trends are not going to put the brakes on the CDC's effort to tout the vaccines, especially among some high-risk groups still lagging in coverage rates. Despite substantial progress, we can do even more to make our country healthier through prevention, said Coe. 
We must do everything possible now to be prepared. End quote. This year, the focus is on pregnant women and people who are employed at long-term health care facilities. Don't, breathe, don't be surprised to see another rash of get your flu shot or lose your job ultimatums for nursing home workers. Last year, workplaces, schools, and other activities across the U.S. and Canada instituted policies that forced all participants to receive a flu shot. Long-term hospital employees were fired for refusing to have the toxin injected into themselves. Children were banned from preschools and daycares in six states. Nursing students were told to have the shot or lose their placements, thus disqualifying them for their degrees. The media and government launched a full-out propaganda assault to force those who didn't want it to have the flu shot anyway, at risk of their livelihoods and educations. What the propagandists and flu shot proponents fail to mention are the horror stories like the fact that 23 senior citizens in the touted high-risk must-get-a-shot group just died from the same flu shot that are given at local pharmacies, with no accountability, no prescription necessary, and no checkup from the doctor. But you do get a handy 20% off shopping pass when you get your flu shot. Quote, Package inserts for flu vaccines show a multitude of side effects including death and yet they are marketed the same as over-the-counter drugs with no prescription needed. Why? Because in the United States, vaccines enjoy complete immunity from lawsuits in the marketplace. If you are injured or die from a vaccine, you or your family cannot sue the manufacturer of the vaccine. This law enacted by Congress was upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court in 2011. Therefore, they are marketed with the same marketing techniques as any other high-profit product. With the baby boomer generation moving into their senior years, today's seniors are seen as an especially lucrative market. Quote. Flu shots mean big money to the pharmacies, to the doctors, and to the drug companies. The frenzy which, with which the flu shot is promoted is directly proportionate to the profit margin. But those lining their park pockets fail to mention that you could be paying them to give you and your family a lethal injection. Why I won't get a flu shot. My first thought when the government absolutely insists that I do something is heck no. Call me a conspiracy theorist if you want to. I'm cool with that. But the insistence of the powers that be that my family and I be injected with foreign substances that have not been proven to be effective and that have mild to severe side effects makes me plain suspicious. My family and I will not be getting a flu shot this year or any other year for five reasons. It doesn't work. There are horrible toxic ingredients in the vaccine. There is risk of mild to horrific side effects. I don't trust the FDA, the CDC, or the AMA. They work for the benefit of the government and big business, not for the benefit of the public. If the mainstream media is constantly endorsing it, I refuse to participate because they are known propagandists and mouthpieces for advertisers and political agendas. So just like with any other sales pitch, the more insistent the salesman and the less information they want to give you about the product, the faster you should run the other direction. But isn't the shot the best way to prevent catching the flu? You will hear in about 10,971 variations that the best way to pre prevent catching the flu is to receive your annual flu shot. This is ac actually untrue. The absolute number one way to avoid catching the flu is through the exercise of good personal hygiene. So here are 25 things. Number one, wash your hands frequently when you're out. And I'm not going to list number. I'm not going to list all the numbers because there's so many. But I'm, I'm just going to read them off here. Uh, number two is use a paper towel to open bathroom doors and turn on taps. 
Although I'm normally not a big fan of hand sanitizer, use it during the height of flu season if you have to touch things that everyone else has been touching, like the handle of the shopping cart, doorknobs, and debt machines. Use antibacterial wipes or at least baby wipes to wash your hands and wipe the steering wheel when you get back into your vehicle. Avoid touching your face. This welcomes germs that are on your hands into your body. During the height of flu season, consider taking a quick shower and changing clothes when you return home, particularly if you have been in germ-ridden places like a doctor's office or pharmacy. Make sure the kids change clothes and thoroughly wash their hands when they return home from school. I shouldn't really have to say this, but wash your hands after using the bathroom and before preparing or eating food. If your local area is being hit hard by the flu, practice avoidance to keep your family healthy. Stay home as much as possible. Obviously, if you have work and school outside the home, this becomes more difficult, but avoid malls, movie theaters, and sporting events in, for the duration of the epidemic. Stay away from sick people if you can. Avoid eating at restaurants. You don't know the health or the hygiene habits of the kitchen staff. If someone in your family is sick, try to minimize the spread of the illness. If you or your family members are sick, stay home from work or school to prevent passing it on to others. If a family member is sick, keep them isolated away from the rest of the family. Use antibacterial wipes to clean surfaces that the sick person touches, doorknobs, TV remotes, keyboards, toilet handles, and phones. Immediately place dishes and flatware used by the sick, per sick person into hot soapy dishwater with a drop of bleach in it. Teach children to cough into the crook of their arms instead of covering their mouth with their hands. Have the sick person wash their hands frequently with soap and water to help prevent spreading germs through physical contact. If soap and water is unavailable, have them use hand sanitizer. Some other ways to stay healthy are to use natural strategies to maximize your immune system. Drink lots of water to keep your system hydrated and efficient. Take a high-quality organic multivitamin. Take at least 3,000 IUs of vitamin D3 daily. Research has shown a link between a vitamin D deficit and susceptibility to the flu. Um, on vitamin D, and maybe somebody can help me out, maybe Salty, uh, maybe your wife Spice can help me out here. Uh, so vitamin D, from what I understand, vitamin D is not water-soluble, so it stays in your system. Um, not like vitamin C. Like vitamin C, you can take, you can't really uh, get toxic, go toxic on that one. And not toxic like toxic, but you just get too much of it in your system because it, it is water-soluble and you'll flush it out when you go to the restroom. But from what I understand, vitamin D is not, and so it can build up in your system. So if anyone has any ideas on uh, or anyone has any knowledge on the precautions there that you should take, um, let me know uh, on, on that. You can come and, and drop it in one of the comments in, or in, in uh, the comment section of episode 192, and then I'll read it for in the future uh, in a future podcast. But uh, just curious about that. I uh, wonder how long you can take 3,000 IUs of vitamin D3 before you know before there's some adverse effects, if there are any. So uh, just a question there. Maybe that's one for the pharmacist. Uh, so moving on, eat lots of fruits and vegetables, preferably organic and pesticide-free. Get seven to nine hours of sleep per day. A tired body has a weaker immunity against viruses. Don't smoke. This weakens your resistance against, resp against respiratory illnesses and worsens the effect on your body if you do become ill. Avoid or limit alcoholic beverages and avoid or limit processed foods. Should you head to the pharmacy if you get the flu? 
If despite all of your precautions you do get sick, you don't have to resort to over-the-counter remedies and prescription antivirals. These can have horrendous side effects and are rarely effective. Check out this article to learn more about the treatments from the pharmacy and discover some effective remedies that are as close as your kitchen. As well, consider investing in nature's version of Tamiflu, elderberry extract. Scientists have isolated the active compound in the elderberry. It's called antivirin and is found in proteins of the black elderberry. The compound prevents the flu virus from invading the membrane of healthy cells. And so, uh, again, um, I have talked about that before in the past, and now uh, the, the type of elderberry extract that uh, I am thinking about is completely, completely escaped me. All right. Uh, yeah, that was going to kill me. I had to hit pause and then go look. Uh, it's Sambacol. I don't know why I couldn't remember that. Um, it's one that I always recommend to people. And you can usually, uh, now you can buy it at places like Walgreens and, um, and CVS and other pharmacies like that. In the past, I would just get it from Amazon, but now you can you can get it at pharmacies, uh, and uh, that's what I would recommend. I would recommend that you have some of that. Of course, I am not a doctor, or you know, don't play one on television. But uh, I would I would have seen a call like now. Go ahead and buy some, and um, I'll put it in the in the the show notes um, that where you can go to Amazon if you don't have a Walgreens by you or you know whatever. Uh, you you or you can't find it. Maybe you know you're in a in a smaller town where you can't get you don't have access to it. But um, uh, so you can I would have some of that. And at the first signs of body aches or anything like that, I would start sucking it down. And uh, I have uh, we've just had really good results here. Uh, my kids, my oldest son, you know he. Um, he, uh, he starts, you know, when he starts feeling bad, he, he goes to it. And so they have a syrup that you can, uh, that you can have, or they have uh, little tabs that will dissolve in your mouth. And so it's kind of like a grape type of berry, but not really grape. You, you, you know, you look at the purple, uh, purple-nish, uh, purple-lish syrup or whatever, and uh, you think you're going to taste grape, and it's not really grape, but it is a berry, but not exactly grape. So I would uh, invest in some of that and have some of that and um, uh, have it ready, you know, to, to go just in case. All right. Um, if you're sick, increase your levels of vitamin D3 to medicinal, medicinal, sorry, medicinal level doses. It has been proven to reduce the time and severity of flu symptoms. Learn more about this treatment option from the Vitamin D Council. So I guess uh, clicking on that Vitamin D Council, maybe that'll give you some information there. Uh, the information on vitamin D is great, but sadly the article contains flu shot and Tamiflu propaganda. So take the beneficial information and mentally set aside the rest. The worst case scenario is that you do indeed contact, contract the flu. Despite the hullabaloo, you are probably not going to die, be hospitalized, or suffer horrific permanent damage from a bout of the flu. People get sick, but death from the seasonal flu is rare. This manufactured panic over flu prevention is agenda-based. Big pharma wants money and big government wants control. I don't believe that all healthcare professionals and flu shot advocates have ill intent. I think that many of them have just sipped the mainstream media Kool-Aid. The tailspinners of Big Pharma have slipped in just enough to truth to make this, their theories believable. Most people are deep down decent and have difficulty believing that such a perverse money power agenda could exist. I'll take the risk of illness that my healthy immune system can fight off over the risk of being forcibly inoculated with whatever toxins the creators of these vaccines choose to include. 
I'll use my little arsenal of home remedies and come through it without the risk of long-term side effects that have yet to be discovered or at least have yet to be made public. This article was written by Daisy Luther and first appeared on The Organic Prepper. Great information here uh, because it's, it's important to consider and you need to think about both sides of the story here. Where, uh, where are you going to fall? I, um, you know, we get it free uh, in our district as, uh, as an employee and uh, I'll just tell you I don't do it. Uh, there have been times where I have received it and I have gotten sick and uh, just you know didn't, don't want to deal with that. I don't have time to be sick right now. Um, there's 67 comments uh, at the time of the podcast that I'm reading this and uh, all different kinds. So there's some people, there's one or two in here that's, that you know, I went, I went uh, probably a third of the way down reading comments and um, there was one or two people that said, hey, I've never received, you know, I've never had any issues uh, with the flu shot. But then others were like, they had family members who died. Uh, and uh, one person was in the military and every year he had to take the flu shot. He was sick. Uh, with the flu, there was months where he was sick, and then when he got out of the military and didn't take the flu shot anymore, he was never sick again. So again, you've got to really think that through and see where you are um, on all of that. Um, you know, people do die of the flu, uh, and uh, just you know, there's a lot of things to consider. Uh, but anyway, there's uh, a lot of links in here that you'll want to go check out. I'm going to link to the article like I always do. Uh, and uh, go check it out at askaprepper.com. And then, uh, I'll uh, again, I'll uh, recommend that you go check out Daisy's uh, Organic Prepper, the Organic Prepper as well, because there's always good articles over there. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our next article of, uh, of the podcast. Uh, this one is coming to us from skilledsurvival.com. The article is entitled Canvas Tents, How to Find the Best One for You. Now, I want to. The reason that I'm bringing this up is because you hear a lot of the times in uh, you know in forums or in articles or just in conversations that people would like to buy um, would like to buy some kind of land out there for a bug out retreat, you know, or, or a bug out location, or you know, for a weekend retreat or what have you. But they just can't afford uh, to develop it, and so you know, what would they do? Um, so I think I remember when I was think, looking at the articles to uh, for this for this episode, I came across this one, and then I remembered a video that I saw a while back, and uh, I actually went to go search for it, and uh, I found it. Uh, it was it's about it's about it's three years old actually, a little bit older than three years old, and um, it was by Jack Mountain Bushcraft School. Um, they have a website, and so they, they're like guides in, in school. They have a school, and they have guides and all that kind of stuff. They have a website, but they don't always post um, articles with it. Like They might post pictures and stuff like that. So I don't link to them very often, but I did see this video, and uh, I thought it was, it was great. And so what it is, is it's, uh, it's a canvas tent. Uh, these two guys are living uh, at the school, and uh, I guess they're instructors there, and they're uh, living in a canvas tent. But this, they decide to go ahead and make it a little bit more permanent, and so they build a structure so it's off of the ground and they're not in the dirt. And then um, so th they have uh, the, the platform, and then they build walls. So you have your regular canvas tent that goes all the way down to the ground, and then it's staked down. But this one would go all the way to the walls, and then they would tack down the, the canvas tent to the wall. 
And so it really, what winds up happening is uh, it's taller. So you're able to stand up. It feels like it's more room. Uh, They actually built uh, kind of a a little porch onto this so that when they step out of the canvas tent, they're not stepping onto the ground. They actually have some room to, uh, you know, he said, put their chairs or whatever, uh, or, you know, to kind of, you know, relax um, or, you know, put stuff there, whatever they, they, they need to put. And, uh, you know, it's able to, it's big enough. Um, this tent that they have is big enough to put a, uh, wood stove in. And so I just thought that was a great, great idea. And so if you are in a situation, I think he said it was a couple of thousand dollars to put it together, all of it together. And so if you were in a situation where you had some land, but you couldn't afford to uh, to put a structure on it, you could put this setup there, and maybe even you know a canvas tent. I was starting, I was pricing them, uh, you know, a good one, thousand dollars, right? And so what you could do is uh, when you go, you would go ahead and set the the canvas tent up and make it a little bit more portable. You probably wouldn't tack it down, but you would stake it down. Uh, but you could have this platform there and then cover it with one of the big big tarps. And uh, just, you know, cover it up when you're not there. And then when you're there, uncover it and then put the canvas tent back on and kind of help protect the wood. Or uh, if you just wanted to stain the wood and put some some sealer on there, you could do that as well. Uh, but I just thought uh, that was it was a great idea. I always thought that if I if I ever needed to do something like that, that or, you know, live in a tent that I would want something like that uh, to do. And then you can always, I don't know if you've ever seen that before, but uh, you can always get one of the big tarps. And uh, if you are around trees, uh, of course, you don't want to be directly under trees, but if you are in trees and somehow can rig it up where you can rig up a big tarp to go above your uh, canvas tent, it will kind of be, uh, it will serve as a rain, uh, uh, a big rain barrier. But what I'm, what I'm saying is you host, you hoist it really far up high. And so it will give you just a big area that will be dry and that will stay dry if it's raining. And so if you're in a real rainy situation, that would be uh, really cool. We did that when we first started going up to the country. We had a big, a big tarp that we put up and uh, it not only did it cover our tent, but it covered, it created a lot of shade for us to sit underneath and eat and cook and all those kinds of things. And so, uh, you know, uh, anyway, so I'm giving you a lot of stuff there. I'm going to link to the video, but uh, as well as, of course, link to the article. But I'm going to go ahead and read the article. But I wanted to just preface it with all of that because I'm just not reading about a canvas tent uh, to, to read about canvas tents. I'm, I'm looking at that as uh, a very possible uh, or a good uh, possibility if you're looking for some kind of shelter uh, that would be a little bit more sturdy and would last a lot, lot longer for you if you were, uh, you know, wanting to go to some kind of um, uh, bug out location or you would want to, uh, you know, some people do that. They live in their tents uh, while they're building their cabins and things like that. So uh, you have that as well. So let's go ahead. I know I'm just rambling. Let's go ahead and get into this one again by skilledsurvival.com. Canvas tents, how to find the best one for you. If you've ever been thinking about purchasing a canvas tent, you've come to the right place. First off, let me start off by saying good for you. Canvas tents are hidden or a hidden gem that tend to be low on the popularity scale, which is a shame. In our current throwaway society, we overvalue the cheap stuff and undervalue the high-quality, long-lasting, and canvas tents fit into the second category. 
Because it's difficult to be popular when the alternative seems so much more affordable, but those who take time to research and learn will find canvas tents are often the better investment. So today we're going to cover the following canvas tent, tent topics. What is canvas? Why canvas tents are better? Pros and cons. Best canvas tents for survival? And who are canvas tents for? So what is canvas? To compare canvas tents to other tents, we, fir we first must understand what canvas is. Canvas is an extremely durable, plain woven fabric used for making sails, tents, marquees, backpacks, and other items for which sturdiness is required. Modern canvas is usually made from cotton or linen, although in the past it was made from hemp, and now there are some polyester versions as well. The root of the word canvas originated from the Greek word cannabis, meaning made from hemp, which makes sense since the earliest versions of canvas were made with hemp. Fast forward to today's canvas tent industry and you'll find two main canvas fabric variations used. However, there are more. Number one is cotton canvas. Today, cotton is the most common fabric used for canvas tents. It's a medium strength fabric that's between 10 to 20 times stronger, wet versus dry. New cotton canvas will absorb some water on the first contact and then the cotton fibers will swell. Cotton canvas is slower to dry and is somewhat susceptible to mildew or mold if not allowed to fully dry before storage. Cotton fabric, fabric is also flammable. Additional chemicals and coatings are often used with cotton canvas tents to improve water resistance and reduce flammability. And just uh, when I was doing some research on Amazon, just looking at different canvas tents, that was one of the complaints is that it said it was waterproof. And then people were like, well, no, it wasn't waterproof. It, you know, it rained and, and it got wet. And uh, the comments were always, uh, it's always going to get wet first and then it seals itself afterwards, right? And so um, one of the important things, I, I can't imagine somebody would spend you know, $1,000 on a canvas tent and not research it thoroughly enough to know that it's going to get wet and uh, and then you need to make sure that you uh, then, then it would be sealed but uh, you know, I guess there's people out there that have that kind of money to, to throw around like that uh, the second type of canvas tent is uh, or fabric is synthetic fibers a brand new type of canvas is now being used for canvas tents namely polyester canvas polyester canvas reduces the initial water absorption reduces the overall weight of the material increases the strength and lowers the mildew concerns why canvas tents are better. To understand why a canvas tent might be better for your needs, you first need to understand what all the tent fabric options available to you. Common tent fabric includes canvas, nylon, and polyester, plus many unique variations of these three options. Now, nylon and polyesters are essential variations of plastic polymers. It's the basic material you find in the cheapest lightweight tents on the market. There are some differences between nylon and polyester, but for this article's purpose, they are essentially the same, thin, lightweight, plastic fabrics. Canvas, on the other hand, is a heavy, plain, woven fabric, typically made from cotton, hemp, or, or a blend. Again, some newer canvas tents are polyester-based. So, you can break your tent material options into two categories, cotton versus plastic. So, let's compare these two types of tents carefully to fully understand the pros and cons of each. Canvas tents versus plastic tents. The pros. Let's begin with a few of the benefits of choosing a canvas tent over the other types of tent. It's more breathable. Canvas tents are more breathable than man-made nylon or polyester tents. Remember, canvas is most often cotton-based, and this cotton-woven pattern by design has tiny holes in it. 
Nylon is a man-made fabric based on polymers and thus provides essentially no natural air transfer through the material. This leads the, cam leads the canvas tent to trap less moisture and to have less condensation built up inside the tent. With a canvas tent, you avoid the stuffy humidity you can get with plastic tents. It's quieter. Due to the properties of cotton and the thickness and weight of canvas, a canvas tent walls create a better sound barrier compared to other types of fabrics. It naturally dampens outside sounds and the canvas walls won't flap as much as in the breeze and when they do, the flaps are quieter. So, you're more likely to sleep through windy conditions and hear less of your noisy neighbors in a busy campsite, especially in the early mornings. It's better insulators. Canvas is a much better insulator than nylon or polyester. So, can so canvas tents remain cooler for longer in the hot direct sunlight versus man-made tent fabric. They also stay warmer longer in the cooler evenings. Polymer tents don't retain warmth or stay cool very well, so you end up with much larger, quicker temperature swings. Have you ever tried taking an afternoon nap in a nylon or polyester tent? It can be sweltering with the sun beating down and the warmth getting trapped in the tent. A canvas tent's temperature swings is much smaller swings are much smaller, making for a more comfortable camping experience. Higher durability. There are two major durability advantages with canvas tents, UV rays and punctures. First, man-made fabrics deteriorate in harmful UV rays, so leaving your nylon or polyester tent in the direct sunlight day after day will reduce its useful life. This process weakens the fabric, which creates more sagging, and it becomes more susceptible to rips and tears. Canvas can handle those harmful UV rays. Yes, over time, the sun's rays will cause some slight discoloration of canvas, but it won't affect the durability and useful life of your tent compared to plastic tents. While both canvas and non-nylon polyester fabric will rip if met with a sharp object, a canvas tent won't rip or tear as easily. This is where a canvas tent excels. If properly cared for, a canvas tent can be a one-time lifetime purchase. I'll ne I've never met anyone at a campsite who's still using the same cheap plastic tent from 30 years ago. Can add a heat source. Many large canvas tents are designed to include a heating stove. This is due to the larger size of most canvas tents and the materials used allow this setup. You'll find these large canvas tents include a stove, jack vent flap, and the roof of the tent. This allows you to generate and trap this heat in your canvas tent. Of course, you must always follow the manufacturer's specs carefully to avoid any mishaps, but it's a nice bonus for those who like to camp, hunt, or fish in the winter. You can even live comfortably in a canvas tent with a stove in the dead of winter. The same cannot be said with nylon or polyester tents. Now the cons. Like most things, there's pluses and minuses, so let's cover the minus. Weathering. Brand new cotton canvas tents usually need to be weathered before they are completely leak-proof. This is because of the small holes in the cotton weave pattern in new unweathered canvas. But this is normal and just one-time concern. You just need to set it up in the rain or hit it with a water hose before you take it on its first adventure. This process will force the cotton to absorb a small amount of the water, swelling the cotton fibers. This weathering process makes your new canvas tent watertight going forward. It only needs to be weathered once and you'll be good to go from there. It's heavy. On a pound per square inch basis, canvas is much heavier than plastic fabrics, and this weight difference gets more noticeable the bigger the tent. So canvas tents are a poor choice for backpacking or bugging out. Trust me, you don't want to carry a heavy canvas tent on your back or very far to pitch it either. 
for camping as long as you can fit the canvas tent in your car or truck it's no big deal yes canvas tents can take a bit more time to set up but it's worth it for the benefits we discussed previously mold and mildew canvas is more susceptible to mold and mildew if not properly cared for this means you must take care and set it in the sunlight to dry before stuffing it back into the carrying case and into your gear storage closet at home. If you do this, you won't have any mildew mold or rot problems. Upfront cost. Canvas tents do cost more upfront. The manufacturing process and material costs that go into a canvas tent are greater, thus the tent itself costs more. But if you take care of your canvas tent, it can last a lifetime, often many decades longer than the cheaper plastic counterpart. Canvas tents are a great option for a survival tent, cold weather tent, and a high quality camping essential. So if you're looking for a tent that you can enjoy for decades to come, invest in a high quality durable canvas tent. The best canvas tents for survival and recreation. Now that you understand what makes a canvas tent so great, it's time to focus in on the best canvas tents on the market. We'll start with a couple of smaller single person options and then move up to a larger canvas tent option or cabin style. Smaller canvas tents, single to eight person. The following canvas tents are portable options that are relatively easy to set up, take down, but also give you all the benefits of canvas as opposed to plastic fabrics. The Kodiak One Person Canvas Swag Tent. This is a very spacious one person canvas tent. It's six feet eight inches long and nearly three feet wide. The Kodiak Canvas Swag Tent has a zip open window at the head and foot of the canvas tent to allow for ultimate airflow and temperature management. It's made with 100% HydraShield cotton duck canvas for maximum breathability, but also watertight protection. The Kodiak Canvas Swag Tent also comes with a nice 2-inch foam pad with a cover. Here's an excellent overview video of this impressive single-person canvas tent. So There's a video you can check out there. Kodiak Canvas Truck Bed Tent. If you have a full-size pickup truck and want the ability to camp anywhere, you can take your truck, then the Kodiak Canvas Truck Bed Tent is for you. The tent is also made with HydraShield 100% cotton duck canvas, so you know it's durable, breathable, and watertight. Here's a list of the compatible truck models for the Kodiak truck tent. Ford F-Series, Chevy Silverado, GMC Sierra, Dodge Ram, Toyota Tundra, and a Nissan Titan. And just when you think the setup would be too small, the design maximizes interior space with a tall 5-foot high ceiling. It includes 5 windows to provide excellent ventilation and a feeling of openness. One of the windows faces the cab access window, so you'll still have access to the interior of your truck if your truck's, window, truck's rear window opens up. Here's a promo video showing you the details of this portable truck canvas tent. Hey, I got to tell you, these are these are really nice. Uh, and if you are, you know, you're in a situation where like, hey, I'm gonna, if I would bug out, you know, where would I sleep or whatever, uh, this might be an option. Of course, you know, you probably would have your uh, the back of your truck filled up with supplies and things like that, so you would have to take those off. Uh, but this is a, a nice little setup here, so you can go check that out. And, or even if it's just uh, not necessarily even bug out, but if you're just camping, uh, it's a nice setup. Uh, so you're all up off the ground, and uh, you know there's a lot of cool things here on this one. So you check out that video. Uh, the Kodiak Canvas Flex Bow Canvas Tent is four-person, six-person, or eight-person options. Again, another excellent series of canvas tents made by Kodiak Canvas. The Flex Blow Canvas Tent, sorry, Flex Bow Canvas Tent are well-made, high-quality tents using the same HydraShield cotton duck materials as the previous two tents. The, flu, 
the flu bow has a four person, a six person, and I'm sorry, it's, I, I was supposed to say flex bow. The flex bow has a four person or a six person and an eight person tent option. The only design difference between the three options is overall size and height. For example, the four person tent is nine foot by eight foot and includes a nice tall ceiling at six foot one inch. The six person tent sports a ten foot by ten foot dimension with an impressive six foot by six inches ceiling height. The eight-person tent is 10 by 14 with also a 6-foot, six 6-inch six ceiling. The Kodiak Bow Flex Series includes a two, large, two large D-shaped doors in front and the uh, back and four windows. It also includes two vent flaps to help control airflow and temperature management. If your family's serious about the outdoors, this is a seriously good canvas tent. All right, and so th again, there's another video there. Uh, and then so there's some rating charts that you can go check out. Uh, I believe they go to Amazon. No, they're just rating charts that are here, uh, and you can go to you, you can. I'm sorry, you can go to Amazon um, uh, if you want to look into those. There, the large cabin canvas tent. The next tents are the best options for larger excursions, adventures, events, or temporary housing. These very large canvas tents tend to be in the shape of a cabin and are big, strong, and durable. They are perfect for hunting outfitters, large group excursions, and the cold outdoors. Elk Mountain. Mountains canvas tents uh, make excellent large size canvas tents. They sell three sizes of their classic rectangular cabin style canvas tent, 13 by 13, 13 by 16, and 13 by 20. You can fit a lot of people and gear in these tents. For example, you can comfortably fit 10 people in the 13 by 20 without a wood stove. These elk mountain canvas tents are well crafted and use a synthetic canvas made with polyester to reduce the negative issues that are associated with cotton canvas, such as the need to weather it and mildew problems. This polyester canvas also makes elk mountain tents stronger than their competition. For example, elk mountain tents use 11 ounce canvas with a breaking strength of 449 pounds and 382 pounds. Uh, for that's the warp direction and the fill direction, and I don't know what that means, but um, maybe maybe this article, um, maybe it would have been good to explain that. Uh, but those of you who maybe uh, are experienced with canvas tents know that. Uh, making it significantly tougher than traditional canvas, which is breaking strength of 382 warp and 241 fill for 12 ounce canvas and about 210 warp and 140 fill for 10 ounce canvas. The tear strength of 67 pounds warp and 40 pounds fill, this is roughly double that of the Sunforger canvas material used by other tent companies. These large cabin sized canvases tents include six windows, provide as much openness or privacy as you desire. These tents also have vent flaps at both ends of the tent to provide temperature and airflow control. Each tent also has a built-in uh, built stove jack flap. This allows you to add a wood stove to the corner of your Elk Mountain tent and provide the nice warm cabin feel even in the dead of winter. I really like the quality construction of the materials of the Elk Mountain tents. They use steel poles for a strong internal frame that will withstand the most brutal wind and snow. And the canvas is both strong and durable polyester canvas which is stronger than water resistance compared to cotton canvas. The plus Elk Mountain you also get the best value for three reasons. They don't have retailers who take a cut of the profit, so there's no retail markup on their tents. They don't need to maintain a storefront, so they can uh, so they can have lower prices. And they've streamlined the process. All three tent sizes include all the best features. This efficiency saves time and, expen and expenses, so they can focus on making more tents at an affordable price. 
Simply put, low overhead equals low prices. So if you're looking for a single room, cabin style canvas tent, we highly recommend Elk Mountain tents. Now, who are canvas tents for? Avid campers. If, you're, if you camp often or plan to in the future, you should upgrade to a canvas tent. For all the reasons stated above, it just makes more sense. It's quieter, more durable, a better insulator compared to cheap plastic tents. It's better to buy a high-quality canvas tent once and use it for a lifetime than buy a cheap nylon tent every two or three years. For fishing expeditions, one of the great features of most canvas tents is their height. With most canvas tents, you can stand up straight in them, meaning you can store your fishing poles in the tent without having to break them down or store them outside. Plus, canvas tents are the ideal shelter for ice, ice fishing excursions. Canvas walls do a much better job of keeping you and your fishing mates warm while you're on the lake. Hunters. Serious hunters now know multi-day hunting excursions take a lot of gear and food and supplies. So if you want to enjoy your downtime in camp after a long day of hunting, you'll want a canvas tent. It provides more room for all your gear and supplies, and you can add a stove for heat during cold winter hunts. Expeditions and Rescue Operations Canvas tents make the ideal home base for expeditions and rescue operations. Similar to military options outside the battlefield, canvas tents are portable structures that can easily become remote command posts. Special Events Street fairs, farmers markets, and backyard weddings, small concerts are all great uses for a large canvas tent. They will help keep guests warmer in the cold months and cooler in the hot months. Most events only last for a short period of time, days, weeks, or months. And then once the event is over, you need to take down the structure. This is where a canvas tent excels, portable and substantial. And then temporary housing. Whether it's a natural disaster or you're fumigating your house, you need a temporary shelter. You may be able to move in with a friend or extend family for a few days, or you can break out your canvas tent and make it a cozy, comfortable adventure. Canvas tents are roomy, portable, and durable, making it an ideal backup option if you find yourself without a home for a while. The final word is, if you've made it to this point of the post, I know you're seriously thinking about getting a canvas tent. And if you've read the site before, you know how we focus on survival and preparedness. When it comes to survival and preparedness gear, it's always better to invest in tools and supplies that will last in the harshest of conditions. And canvas tents are one smart upgrade that serious survivalists and avid campers should make. Don't be turned off by the slightly more upfront investment because the price is what you pay. Value is what you get. With canvas tents, you're getting more much more value for your dollar. Prepare, adapt, and overcome just in case, Jack. All right, so um, really um, go check out. So if you go over to Amazon, um, you'll be able to uh, see pictures in some of these where uh, people, and then also if you go to that YouTube video that I was talking about that I'm going to link to by, uh, uh, by Jack Mountain Bushcraft School, um, you'll see a lot of other uh, canvas tents on, on the sidebar and you can click to them because there's people who live in, I mean, they, this is what they, they have chosen to live in. Uh, they're that durable and uh, you know, especially in the winter time. So there's pictures and videos of uh, canvas tents with uh, snow all around and people are inside and they are just nice and warm and cozy and uh, you know, good to go. And so if you, uh, again, I just, I really think that that is a viable uh, solution if you are uh, you know you've bought some land and you want to develop it or you bought some land and you want to go out there but you don't have a, a structure to uh, you, you can't afford thousands of dollars to put a structure on there you can definitely uh, build something like uh, the video showed here and um, put a canvas tent on there 
and uh, you know that would that would keep you good for a long long time and so I uh, definitely encourage you to come check this out there's a lot of links here especially if you're just linking to there and looking at the videos and uh, the different types of canvas tents and then like I said I'm going to uh, link to that video in the in the show notes for you as well so that's over at skilledsurvival.com uh, for the canvas tent article all right so um, lastly on the third Thursday podcast I uh, try to do a scenario from the card game Conflicted. And uh, Conflicted is a card game with uh, survival scenarios. And uh, you you read a scenario and just kind of talk about what you would do in that scenario. So uh, I uh, try to read one uh, a week and uh, get you to think about it. So if you, uh, you can process this one, think about it, and uh, think about what you would do in this situation. Now, uh, like I've said before, the tendency is to look at your current situation and say, well, I would never be in a situation like that. That's stupid, right? That's not the point of it. The point of it is to use this scenario to problem solve, to critically think, like what would you do with the knowledge that you have now about preparedness? How would you handle this scenario? You know, and not necessarily, yeah, you might be way better off than this, than this person that the scenario is talking about. You might be in a bug out location. You might not be anywhere near, you know, this scenario. But if you were in this scenario with what you know, the information that you know, how would you handle it? What would you do? All right. And so that's kind of what we, uh, what uh, I, I, I recommend you go into this with. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and read this scenario. <clears throat> you see a large mob breaking into your neighbor's house. You know he is there with his wife and children. You have about two dozen bullets, roughly one for each mob member. You are the only person capable of defending your own family. The mob passed your house and didn't notice you at all. Would you step out of the shadows and risk your own life to help your neighbor or would you stay safe and protect your own family? Why? One more time. You see a large mob breaking into your neighbor's house. You know he is there with his wife and children. You have about two dozen bullets, roughly one for each mob member. You are the only person capable of defending your own family. The mob passed your house and didn't notice you at all. Would you step out of the shadows and risk your own life to help your neighbor? Or would you stay safe and protect your own family? And why? So... Think that through. What would you do? And uh, you know, you can just kind of think that to yourself. Maybe if someone else listens to this uh, this uh, scenario with you, you can talk it through with them. Maybe you bring it up with your your spouse or maybe a kid or whatever if they're into preparedness, and you can talk a little bit about it. Or if you feel like you like to share your uh, your thoughts on this, you can come over to edthatmatters.com and drop it in the comment section. I will go ahead and link to this one as well in the show notes so you can easily link to it and then drop your uh, your comment in there or you know how you would handle the scenario. It's always interesting uh, to see how people would uh, do things and um, possibly learn something from, from other people there. All right. So uh, that's over at edthatmatters.com and uh, Conflicted Saving Your Neighbors. All right, guys. Hey, that's it for episode 192. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you get a chance, I'd love for you to share out uh, the episode. You can come to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and share out the episode. Uh, from there, we make it really, really easy for you. Uh, and so uh, thank you for doing that. And if you get a chance, 
I'd love to connect with you. You can come over to episode 192 and drop a comment in the comment section, or you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, I always love to hear from listeners, and you can also drop, uh, come by the Facebook group. I'm always there as well. With that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.